0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, with code DNVR at sign up, you can get some special offers like how you can get a risk free bet of up to $1,000 over on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's only for first time users when you use code DNVR. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, as he does each and every week, but for the first time in two weeks, he's the voice of the Colorado Rockies on ATT Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. Good friend Drew Goodman. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How are you doing?
1: I gotta start the day off speaking proper English.
0: I'm doing better than you because uh I got to go to bed right after that final out and uh on, on Wednesday night in Los Angeles. And I know you had to get on a plane and do that whole thing, and there's there's no off day on Thursday. So that is uh that is a challenging on travel day when it's it's a night game.
1: Yeah, there there was some quirk because in the in the previous CBA, not the one that that just took a while to get done this past winter the previous one there was a stipulation that you know if you're traveling and depending on how far you're traveling there there was regulations as to what the start time could be for some reason because the dodgers have always been notorious for playing night games regardless of whether a team was was traveling and or not And a lot of times if the rockies were going back to denver they'd get in literally in the middle of the night and oftentimes have to play the next day uh, this one for, for, I, I don't know if it was somehow wasn't on the original schedule. Uh, and then when they had to, uh, adjust the schedule after, uh, the week lockout. Or, or the extension of the lockout, uh, this kind of fell in gray area. So they played a night game and we didn't get to the hotel until, you know, two thirty three in the morning. I mean, I know I didn't go to bed till between three thirty and four, but, uh, you know, Sleep a little longer, sleep faster, whatever those lines are, and and for the players, you know they'll get up, they'll eat something, and they'll be right back at the ballpark. In fact, as we speak, guys are guys are heading in that direction.
0: Yeah, it's it's getting to that grindy type of uh, time of the year where the next off day won't be until the All Star break, and then after that, you won't get another break until August. Eighth. So uh, dog days of summer are, are pretty much here. And when you're talking about summer and you're thinking about the hottest places in the world, well, you are there in one of those locations right now. If there's, there's ever a way to you could just completely transport a city for a few months and just have all the residents move somewhere else, I think, I think Phoenix would be the first place on that list. How does anyone survive in that climate at this time of the year?
1: I, I think like anything, you get you adjust to it. I've never lived down here in the summer. I've spent a lot of time down here in the summer months. Um, you and I are both crazy, and so we'll run in virtually anything. and And I will run outside today. Now I won't run as far as I was running in LA. Um, you, you know, you adjust. You, you get used to it. Um, you spend a lot of times around air conditioning, or you know, or misting. Uh, which a lot of stores and, and, you know, outdoor malls kind of have that. Um, Yeah, it's hot. There's there's no, listen, 106, 108, 110 is hot, and the sun is powerful. Uh, But I guess like anything, you adjust, and, you know, if you're fortunate enough where you can have another home somewhere else, I'm sure those folks uh, get on out of here this time of year.
0: I've been trying to just beat the heat with getting up early in the morning. It's been a little bit cooler here in in Colorado, and so – I feel like there's some humidity in the air, but maybe it's like high sixties, low seventies. That's nice. First thing in the morning, you, uh, you're not going to have that option this weekend at all.
1: Are you? No, the roof will be closed. Uh, I would think. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's different. Um, but I always say this in the grand scheme of things, you know, w- what are you really complaining about? Um, you know, it's uh you know, we're, we're fortunate to do what we do. And, and uh, you know, the players are playing at the highest level and they're going to play indoors. So uh, from that standpoint, it, it's not going to be that that much of an issue, though. You know, uh, I, I will mention it because we're in Phoenix and it's like uh, obligatory to mention, oh, it's 111 outside, but mm-hmm. it's 78 inside or whatever it is.
0: Yes, the world's uh, largest indoor mall where you could play a baseball game. Chase Field, That's, uh, it'll, it'll be comfortable for you guys. We, we know that. It was, uh, it was kind of comfortable watching Jose Urania pitch on Wednesday night. You obviously were there calling that game. Wasn't sure if we were going to have uh, more of a Johan Flande type moment with, uh, with the spot start, but he definitely earned himself another, another start, six and two-thirds innings, only gave up the one run, a little bit of traffic on the bases, but overall, Jose Urania. okay, we might have something here.
1: It, that sounded like Oklahoma, OK, LA from the, uh, from the from great uh, um, musical. Anyhow, um, Jose Urania w- was very good, and yeah, he had a lot of deep counts facing a lineup that will produce deep counts. We know they have the lowest chase rate in baseball, in the Dodgers, uh, a lot of good hitters up and down that lineup, and he he pitched very very well. the The difference for me with the uh, that gave. That, that makes this intriguing uh, an intriguing sign to add depth is that this is a guy that's been around the big leagues a long time. He's always had good stuff. I mean, he's always thrown, you know, mid to high nineties sinking fastball an okay slider and, and usually a pretty good change up to lefties. We've seen him. He's been an opening day starter on two occasions for a Marlin staff that was solid so this is not a guy with marginal stuff that you're hoping, you know, can can hit the edges on a given day and and keep you in a ball game a couple of times through the lineup. He has the ability to, you know, to be a tough guy to hit. Um and he was he was good yesterday, even with the deep counts, even with the the three walks I think in the first two innings. He he did a really good job against the Dodgers. I mean, there was one run scored and that was unfortunate, it was a wild pitch, um not not by him. Uh, by uh, by Bird when he came into the ball game. Otherwise, maybe he throws shutout baseball uh, for for seven innings. So, yeah, absolutely, he deserves another another opportunity. And uh, as Buddy said, and, and uh, I know it sounds like a cliche, you can never have too much pitching depth. And the Rockies, fortunately, the last few years have and we knock on wood have not dealt with you know significant injuries for the most part with their rotation. But, um, yeah, he, he did a nice job, man. He did a really good job.
0: The the injuries that they have been suffering have been from the depth pieces, right? We we know the five guys in the rotation have been there pretty much all year long. Since Tela now on the I.L., we saw Gomber go out of the rotation for a little while. Otherwise, everyone's been healthy there. But your Ryan Rawlson, your Pierre Lambert have been unavailable for that depth. So you're right. You, you need that depth, and, and Urania will get challenged again back at home for the first time starting uh, in Iraqi's uniform there against the Padres and so uh you're right you you can't have enough of these guys and you know we've uh, we still got a couple weeks until the trade deadline but you know Chad cools one of those guys on a one year deal where look if you don't have someone to replace him in the rotation I could understand how maybe you'd want to hold on to him but if Urania could be that guy to slide in if Cinzattella is uh, is healthy and then Feltner gets himself healthy he's also on the IL then it allows you a little bit more flexibility. So I thought that was that was as best as you could hope for. Again, against the Dodgers, um, Corey Oswalt, another one of those depth pieces that the Rockies picked up in a trade for from Albuquerque. You know, again, you, you need those guys, and so that was good to see Urania do that thing. Did it feel like a weird a weird game in the in the booth with a guy that you didn't know what to expect? Rockies only get one hit. It's Dodger Stadium. It's late at night. It just felt like there was going to be something weird. It ended with an infield walk-off single. Did it have uh, the vibes of one of those games where you go, something something strange is going to happen. I had a walk-off balk. That was my prediction going into the ninth, even before the bases were loaded, because it just felt like a, one of those weird kind of games.
1: Well, Daniel Bard's been great. Yeah. Yeah. He gives up the single to lead off the inning. He- and, you know, a good piece of hitting by Bellinger, uh, who had a good night. Uh, and then you get the seeing eye hit with Gavin Lux. And, and once that happened, it, it would have taken a minor miracle for the Dodgers not to score, especially with their ability to put the ball in play. Now you got first and third, no one out. Uh, it, it was it was going to be really difficult. Uh, you don't win games with one hit. Well, let's start there. I mean, we could talk about Urania. He did a, a marvelous job. Um, you know, Bird. You know, showed some nerves. He's a, a kid from California. He's a UCLA grad. Uh, he, he showed some nerves, but they give up. They give up one run to tie it up. It's one-one. But at the end of the day, when you take a step back and you're evaluating what you saw, you had one hit. You don't win baseball games with one hit. So it's not on Daniel Bard. It's not on even you know the unfortunate wild pitch by by Bird. You had one hit.
0: Yeah, need need that run support. No, no two ways about it. And and you didn't even get Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was supposed to be the guy that was going to start that game, and they end up sliding in Mitch White, who again did a did a really solid job. Hey, let, 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 let's do an about face for a moment. So you're you're
1: hosting a a a Dodger based podcast. I'm hosting a Dodger based podcast, and you're saying, hey, you know the 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 Dodgers who have not. Who have had their hands full with the Rockies this year? I'm doing it from the Dodgers perspective. Going into last night, it was 4 um, 4 in the eight games played, and, and for the first six, as we know, were won by the Rockies. And they go with Mitch White yesterday and Pepio on Tuesday. And you're coming out of that as a Dodger fan or a Dodger coach or a Dodger player and saying, hey, we did better than a split, we won both of those games. With two um, guys that were depth pieces, to steal your term, Patrick. So yeah. from the rock now, back as a Rockies, uh, you know, podcaster. You're going. Wait a second, man. You got to, you got to get after the Mitch Whites. You got to get after the Ryan Pepios of the world, don't
0: you? Yeah, no. That I think that's a great point. You know, Chris Taylor also, you know, was was a late scratch. Obviously went on the IL. He even saw Mookie Betts going. Uh, going back to his his old days of playing second base there for a little bit. He he just looks like a second baseman. I think that would be an interesting fit. I mean, imagine that you have a you're, you have a gold glove outfielder and you're able to move him to second base. Like that's that that's quite a a weapon in your arsenal. That's that's a, it's a handy and helpful tool.
1: Yeah, I talked to him for a while uh, the other day, and uh, he had a lot of fun. He had the day after he had played second base. He really enjoyed it. He he had a blast. I remember, he was a middle infielder coming up. He was a middle infielder as a kid. Yes, he has that body type. You know what he is, Patrick? Here's a newsflash. He's a great friggin' baseball player. And if you, if you put catcher's gear on him, he'd find a way to still have an impact. I know he's going to get four or five at-bats, right? So he's going to have an impact there. He's just a really good uh athlete he's a really really good baseball player.
0: Do you think he'd be a better catcher than Nafy Perez was for those uh two or three yes yeah. so I'm gonna
1: go on the line. I haven't <laughs> seen Nafy in years. Loved loved Nafy, big personality, fun guy. He would have been a better catcher than Nafy.
0: Moogie is not just a great baseball player. He's a great athlete, fantastic bowler. I'm sure you I'm sure you know about this, right? he's, he's got a couple three hundred games under his belt.
1: He doesn't have a couple. I asked him uh, this was earlier in the year um, because we've talked about his bowling exploits in the past. Um, and I said, how many are you up to, right? It's a natural question for people like you and I who, you know, go drink a couple beers and, and, and bowl, you know, every five months or something like that, right? Um, he has lost count of how many 300 games It's in the mid to high 20s, he said.
0: Well, look, you got to speak for yourself because I was a varsity bowler as a freshman in high school, Drew. You want to claim you know that? This- I was, I was, I was you legit. Are? You I, no, were legit. Yeah.
1: Did you have a three hundred game? 280, 280. Wow. I had Lord, uh, that's spare, a different... spare, spare in ahead. the
0: second, and then ten strikes uh, through the rest of the game. And then, of course, when I started the next game, I'm like, all right, if I get two more, I'm gonna, I might have to claim a perfect game. And then, you know, I think I had like an eight uh, on my first shot to, to start For the you, next. If, game.
1: if you and, if you and you if you and me go bowling sometime, yeah, right. Um, what are you bowling?
0: So obviously i have, have to use a lane it?
1: ball. Do, you don't, do you spin it? I'll still? get a little
0: action. I I can get a little action on a, on a lane ball. Not, not a ton, right? I'm not throwing it out right. And then right. it's coming back in. I'm probably starting from one of the corners by the gutter and just giving it a little bit of English and so that it, it falls in, falls in nicely into the pocket. I actually took a, a group of high schoolers when I was a teacher, they had a, a guy started a little bowling club and I'm like, Oh, let me get in on that so went and I, I ended up bowling like a i think a 240 or 243 with a lane ball that that i that i'm almost a little bit more proud of than my 280
1: do you still own do you own your own uh ball still
0: no uh when i made the move out to colorado i did bring a, a bag of golf clubs which i have not used in my decade of living in colorado but the the bowling balls were left behind in a basement just outside of toms river my parents now live in colorado so those bowling balls Etched with Patrick uh, atop the fingers, they're just they're out there. They're maybe they're there in a landfill somewhere. They're just gone. Wow.
1: That's, that's impressive, it. man. I mean that that's impressive. 245, 243 with a lane ball. That's all yeah. I've ever bowled with. The old lane ball.
0: How how heavy was your uh with 14, 15, 16 pounds? What would you go with? 16's the max. So right. I had at a 16 and then I think when I was like 12, that was when I got my first bowling ball. And that was only 12 pounds. And so I kept that around just for spares. So like, boom, just accuracy, getting that 10 pin in in the corner, corner, right spot. You ever, you ever hit a seven, 10 split. I may have once when I was younger, but I'm not going to claim it. I I don't, I don't think I did. Now the pros, I don't know what it is with the lanes. If they've got like a harder plastic back there, but they get a lot of action. Like you just hit that pin hard enough, it could clink around in the back and come back and knock it. Otherwise, you know, mathematically, scientifically speaking, there's no way to to get enough English on it to kick it back over. There's other splits where, you know, if you get it just you just graze it enough on the side, you can get it to slide over and hit another pin. I want to say like a a three-seven split, something like that. You can do that, but so we're we're Rockies podcast. Rockies yeah. pod, Dodgers pod, back to Rockies pod. Now DNVR bowling. Earl so, Earl
1: Anthony, my all-time favorite bowler. Okay, moving
0: on. Parker Bond the third gave me lessons. Do you remember that? Do you know that name? Um, no. I'm not sure I do. He's like late eighties, early nineties guy. Okay. Thanks again for everyone for being so patient with us while we do some renovations to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York set to be up and running in no time. Should only be a couple of weeks, maybe more than a couple regardless, you know, that at the DNVR.com now only 50 cents for your first month, you still get all kinds of fantastic access to everyone who covers the nuggets Avs, they're doing the NHL draft thing, as you've probably already seen. Nuggets, they are in the summer league. They're out in Vegas right now, tearing it up. And you get all that exclusive content from them. Rapids, access to our members only. Discord price breaks for the Broncos tailgates, which will be coming up right around the corner. Same thing for the Nuggets party bus. That's what you get when you join the DNVR. And hey, if you're ready to go all in on an annual membership, you actually will get a free shirt from DNVR locker.com you know the folks over at lightshade have the best products around we're talking cannabis concentrates edibles accessories tinctures top shelf flowers you name it they've got it but most importantly what they've got is a knowledgeable staff that will get you hooked up for whatever it is that you need or whatever it is you may want to try they will point you in the right direction they are specialists for a reason Now, when you go ahead and mention code DNVR, you're going to get 25% off all non-sale items at any of 11 Denver metro area light shade locations near you. Big thanks to everyone who has enjoyed watching us on the DNVR Sports Channel, not just on YouTube, but on Ivaca Sports. Yeah, you know that when you sign up over at Ivaca.tv slash DNVR, you not only get the DNVR Sports Channel, but... You also get Altitude Sports, and that means Nuggets and AVs, all of their games and all of their preseason and off-season coverage. You also get ATT Sportsnet with our guy Drew Goodman here. He's doing his thing with the play-by-play, Jeff Houston, Corey Sullivan, Jenny Kavnar, Ryan Spielborgs, of course. The whole crew. They're over there. You can get CSU Rams, Denver Pioneers, all of that. And really, it's only $25 per month plus the cost of a receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. You never have to worry again about missing out on all your favorite Denver sports teams. And hey, actually, it's less than $25 per month because when you use code DNVR on top of going to evoca.tv slash DNVR, it's only going to be $15 per month. We'll give you a nice little $10 discount for your first three months over at Ivaca TV. One of the uh, all-stars that I don't think knows how to bowl Uh, Although he knows how to play guitar, Daniel Bard, I know on your podcast, which uh, we'll talk about here in in just a moment, you teased whether or not CJ Krohn would be an all-star. I think Daniel Bard has, you know, put his his name in the hat, could possibly be there. What are your chances uh, for either of those guys or both of those guys possibly being an all-star on Sunday when they make that announcement?
1: Um, I don't like Krohn's chances because of the volume of guys at first base having yeah. really good years. And and there's always a guy that or there's usually more, there's usually a couple of guys we say, wow, man, those are, those are all-star numbers. I may be wrong. I'm, I'm kind of thinking out loud because, because Bard will be in addition. Is it the manager? How does it work? The manager or the coaches? How does that work again with the pitching staff? I'm trying to remember, I should know this off the top of my head. Yeah, select that's a good point. Pitchers. Yeah, it's not, it's not the fans who select the pitchers. So right. I think, I think Bart will be there. I think Bart will be there, one, uh, because he's deserving. And two, it's a pretty good story. So I think Daniel will definitely be there. I'm I'm less positive about a C.J. Crone. If the Rockies, given their record, were to have two, uh, that would be tremendous. Um, the bottom line for me, and I, as you know, you were alluding to my podcast, I talk about this in the podcast, is that um, I'm not about just giving away an all-star nod, an all-star invitation, but both of those guys are truly deserving. They both have had all-star first halves. So I hope they both get there. The reality, given
0: the Rockies record is, it's more likely that only one of the two go. I Do you realize that last year, the Pirates had both Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds starting the All Star Game. I just recently went back and saw something, and that just like blew my mind away. Of like, huh? Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> wild. I know Frazier hit for a really high average, didn't go as well when he went over to San Diego. Brian Reynolds is a you know really nice young player. It's surprising because you usually equate high vote totals with big attendance figures. The Dodgers, right. right The Yankees, you know the Cardinals. Atlanta's Rock, got Adam Duval the in there. The Rockies uh, in the years where you know we've had you know great great candidates, they've always done a really good job of stuff in the ballot box. Um, so yeah, that was surprising. I I, I I forgot that.
0: But with injuries, that's I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Bard will will be named on on Sunday. And then I think with injuries and then just, just overall, I, Krohn will get in. He'll be like maybe a last vote guy. We broke this down yesterday on, on the podcast. There's there's basically five first basemen in the NL that are all deserving. You got, of course, Goldschmidt and Alonzo, who are both on the ballot. And Freddie Freeman, his numbers don't really jump off the page quite as much as in years past, but Brian Snicker. He'll be making, uh, you know, possibly that decision. It's going to be in Los Angeles. So I think you want Freddie Freeman there. He's been one of the biggest stories uh, of the first half, of course. And Josh Bell and CJ Cron are kind of those next two guys with no other real like DH kind of jumping off the page uh, after Bryce Harper. I think that's maybe where you can slot those extra first basemen in.
1: Patrick, help me out here. Here, Here's one of the things that that also could hurt CJ and. If I'm, if I'm forgetting someone again, correct me. Every team we know has to have someone. If it's not Josh Bell with the Nats, who goes?
0: That's a great point. I mean, I, I think Juan Soto still has enough of uh, star power. I, I know he's kind of having a down year there. He's also not really getting pitched to, So I don't know that anyone really blinks an eye if you go ahead and and, and put him in, but you're right i i think that could that could tilt the scales in in his favor and, and in general because that's baseman That's it's gonna block chrome
1: he would never express this i wouldn't think i i have had a few conversations through the years with josh bell he's a, he's a terrific kid he's a terrific young man um but i i know internally if if soto and soto's great Soto's is one of the three best hitters four or five best hitters in baseball and we know that but given what bell's done I'd be a little ticked off if if I didn't get the nod in front of juan Soto this year given what what Bell's done but we'll we'll see how how it shakes out we'll see how it shakes out and keep your fingers crossed maybe the Rockies get fortunate and, and Cj who's deserving goes and and Daniel bard who's deserving goes
0: Yeah, that would be a good story for for both those guys and maybe chrome could even get in into the home run derby. Cause I mean, dude hit some mammoth shots. So, you know, his, his total number of homers at, at 20 is still, you know, amongst the best in the game. But the fact that he's hitting these light tower shots, I think fans that are paying attention are, are going to be, you know, somewhat excited, you know, him as a player, maybe you don't know his story quite as well. And so he, you know, he doesn't have that, that name recognition in that flash, but boy, oh boy, if, if you watch his home runs and where they land, he could, he could, you know, surprise some people and say, hey, you know what my favorite part was of the Derby? Crone hit a couple out over the bleachers. Is that is that possible in Dodger Stadium? I don't know how deep that goes out there in left field.
1: You, yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah, it's possible. I'll leave. I'll leave it at that. It's possible. <laughs> I've seen some close. I've seen Matt Holiday uh, hit one over the bullpen and he hit a palm tree that uh, I don't think is there any longer, but it was over the bullpen in left. I think Piazza hit one over completely over the bleachers when he played for the Dodgers. Yes, it's possible.
0: There you go. There you have it. There you have it. A couple other Rockies that should be there actually will be. There was announced on Thursday that for the futures game, uh, representing the national league and representing the Rockies, two guys that, you know, we've we've talked about a lot here on the podcast. You, you and I have even you know discussed them many a times. Ezekiel Tovar and Zach Veen named to the National League roster. Those are two of the most exciting guys that the Rockies have, obviously, in their farm system, and and guys that, frankly, anyone else in and around the sport are looking at and saying, "Hey, those are two exciting guys. We're excited to see them as well."
1: There's there's a lot of guys now in the, in the Rockies system that that really gets you excited. Ezekiel Tovar is dealing with a little bit of a a groin issue right now, and and hopefully he's healed up and and ready to go, not only for Hartford soon, but um, for the Futures game, uh, put him on display nationally, and then we'll see where it shakes out the rest of the year. See see if and when he makes his uh, Colorado Rockies debut. Um, I don't know if it's a – I don't know if it's it's one of those things where he absolutely has to go to uh, to AAA, the way he's performed uh, at Hartford. And, you know, an, a good next step for, for Zach Veen, who's also one of the top prospects in all of baseball.
0: At the end of last season, I would have, I don't know, given one-tenth of one percent of a chance for Tovar to start the year in double a and then make it to the majors. It just wasn't going to happen. And after everything he's done this year and the way that the Rockies have, you know, progressed a, a lot of their guys and promoted a lot of their, you know, younger prospects, it very well could be that, that possibility. And you're right. Could, he could even go from the Eastern league uh, up, up to the bigs. And I kind of, when I saw his name on the list, cause I'm not sure we mentioned on the podcast that he, you know was placed on the uh, the injured list. That's one of the reasons why you know he hadn't played very much last week for the yard goats. But him being included on that list gives me a little bit of hope that. you know what? Maybe they just want him to to rest up and he'll he'll actually be able to participate in this groin injury isn't that serious. We still got about two weeks away., uh, it'll be on Saturday, July sixteenth. So they actually moved it. Usually, they have it on the Sunday on the final day of of. Uh, the regular season before the break, they're going to move it up a a day earlier. And so it'll be exciting to see, you know, those two guys out there and hopefully have some, some good memories like last year when Michael Tolia homered in the futures game at Coors field, which was a, was a really cool moment for him.
1: Yeah. um, I'm excited as, as everybody is about Tovar, you get excited about young players that have a chance to, to make an impact. And uh, this will come up. if it does fly that he, uh, flies over the Pacific Coast League and goes right to the big leagues. One Troy Tulowitzki did the same thing, and that turned out okay, didn't
0: it? Sure did. Rockies, they've got the magic touch when it comes to dynamic shortstops who uh, who can also pick it. I mean, look, if we're going to talk about shortstop making good plays, that Jose Iglesias over-the-shoulder grab on Wednesday night, wow. that was That was pretty cool. That was a nice play.
1: That was a fabulous play. And, uh, you know, initially I, it, it, the way I was watching, I wasn't watching Iglesias. I was watching, uh, Gritchik in center field. And then Iglesias kind of came out of nowhere and I wasn't sure that it didn't bounce. And he made that, you know, quick flip to, uh, to gritchik It was a great play. He plays with a flair. He plays with a panache. He, he has fun out there. Um, he he's, become one of my favorite guys uh, in that Rockies clubhouse. He's, he's a real engaging uh, personality in, in Iglesias and uh, he, you know, there, there've been a couple of times where maybe some of the flash um, produced an error, but he, he does things in, <laughs> with, with, with um, you know, with a flair and, um, and they're fun to watch. And that was a great catch. I I didn't, cause we were traveling Patrick, I didn't see Sports Center last night, but I'm I'm imagining that had to be one of the top two or three plays of the evening. Am I right?
0: I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I would think so. I, I very much have enjoyed watching him play because he always quote unquote does things. Even sometimes just running down to first base, if it's or 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 legging something out. He in getting to to know him and, and getting to watch him play, there was at one point in San Francisco where I was like, I think there's something wrong with his legs, just the way he was running down to first base on some plays. And and I asked him, he said, No, my legs feel fine. And then again, over time you realize, oh, that's just kind of how he runs a little bit, where he almost runs like his his lower half is is sore or uh, you know, not gonna say take a playoff, but understands, like, hey, you know, he's out, he's gonna be out by a mile. It's a it's a quick ground ball to the to the right side whatever it may be but there are just these little different nuances in his game and you can watch and and you say there's a reason why he's doing that because he's a veteran and you and you get to kind of appreciate that that balance to know it's 162 game season and he's doing these things for a reason to get the most out of the way the way he picks up a ground ball and like gets it out of his mitt immediately and throws it really just just right away like that that release time it's it's been very interesting to watch
1: well, a couple observations. One, he has a really good clock in his head, yeah um he the, the equally as good for me of a play he made, you know when we're talking about the pop up over uh, into short left center field or it wasn't even short left center field it was it was <laughs> moderate left center field. Uh, Trey Turner hit a ball to fairly deep short, and Trey Turner's one of, if not the fastest guys in baseball it was it was a a backhand not an extreme backhand, but he picked it up on the backhand immediately, gets it out of his glove on one hop to first intentionally, and they just get Trey Turner. He knew he has to get rid of that baseball exceptionally quick. He has very quick hands. He has a very quick release. It's not just about arm strength. So I've I've been impressed with his work in that regard. And going to the base running, going to how he gets up the line, Jose Iglesias is a guy you he, he saw periodically, uh, you know, a lot of time in the American league getting to know him and watch him. Like you're describing, he plays hard. Yeah. He plays the game. Right. And, and yeah, every once in a while does the, does the fancy burn him? Yeah. Maybe every once in a while, but he also that that's part of his personality, part of his makeup. Uh, they're not robots out there. I I enjoy that, and I have immense respect for how he plays the game, uh, how hard he plays the game. That he uh, pretty much posts up every day. Uh, On the times he doesn't, it's not him begging out of the lineup. It's just Buddy's giving him a break, and he'll play, you know, Hampson on occasion. There is he going to be a, a you know a rocky two or three years from now? Probably not. I mean, we're talking about. The guy who's going to be there, the Rockies hope Tovar is the shortstop for the next decade plus. Jose Iglesias is a smart guy; he probably understands that. But now, having been around him for several months and watched him every day and engaged with him on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, the clubhouse or around the, you know, around the cage or the hotel or whatever, great guy, tremendous guy, big big fan.
0: Pound for pound or game for game. He's he's like one of my favorite guys to watch. Like just overall for what he's done. Not even just the flashy plays, just just understanding and appreciating, like you said, posting up every day. You know, he's not not a young guy anymore and he's still kind of figuring out the altitude in Denver. It's one of the reasons why. He, frankly, he plays better on the road because he's used to the road. He said that himself, and so it's interesting seeing one of those kind of veteran guys and how they grind it out, and they've got these internal clocks. And so uh, he's 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 a professional baseball player in all the best ways, and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed him.
1: I'm going to get him on the podcast at the t- at some point here coming up, and his route to the big leagues, his route to the big leagues is is a fascinating one, coming defecting from Cuba. He's leading all of baseball in road batting average. He gives you a really good at bat each time. And now he's thrown out the a, a couple of home runs, both against the Dodgers, one at Coors Field, one at Dodger Stadium. Uh, the one at Dodger Stadium gave the Rockies, albeit a brief uh, lead, uh, with Kyle Freeland throwing the ball really well on, on uh, Monday. But, um, yeah, as I said, big fan.
0: The Dodger killer, Jose Iglesias. That's him. That's him so far. You're right. Well, we know right now, of course, it is baseball season, but it's also rugby season. Yeah, the American Raptors, you've probably heard of them before. We've been talking about it all up and down the DNVR Sports Channel. AmericanRaptors.com is where you go for some free tickets over at Infinity Park down there in Glendale. Man, you can learn so much about this sport from the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast hosted by Colton Strickler. He's got some 101 rugby podcasts to get you a little bit more informed on the top coaches and athletes in the game. Gives you some betting advice on the Super Rugby and most importantly, is covering some of the top athletes in the sport right now. They're training in our very own backyard. That's the American Raptors. Check it out, AmericanRaptors.com for all the giveaways, swag, tickets, you name it, at AmericanRaptors.com. Another guy who is up there in, in age and has uh, been a baseball lifer and has been enjoyable to watch for over a decade. But this year in particular, Charlie Blackman, man, he has turned the clock back, I think, uh, and in a major way at the play. 13 home runs this season, tied to uh, everything he did last year, way better at-bats per home runs than 2020. And so probably a little bit shy of that that all-star season of 2019. But man, he has, uh, he's turned the clock back. There's really no other way to put it.
1: Charlie's had a good year, and and he's one of those people, forgive me for falling into the cliche of you never want to sell someone uh, like him short. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people um, looked at his season last year, and, and whether you're a broadcaster, a fan, a coach, you know, a fellow player, and looked and said, ooh, you know, mid-30s. Maybe, maybe the steep decline has, has begun Uh, 13 home runs last year, 270 batting average. There were times where he looked like a mid thirties guy trying to play major league baseball. And then you, then you move forward a year and Charlie's been rejuvenated. I do think, and he's, he's admitted this. um, uh, I talked to him about it just a few days ago that the DHing, even though he was loath to do it in the past, Um, It's helped him. It's helped keep his legs fresh. It's helped keep his body fresh. He understands that. And he also can look at his stat line and say, yeah, it's, there's evidence that it's, it's helped me. 13 home runs already matching what he did last year. You know, the average, you know, is is solid, Um, really good at bats on it. He'll go and play uh, right field. Charlie, Charlie looks good. I mean, he's on pace to, you know, hit 25, 26 home runs. Right. And if you told me, or I told you at the start of this year, you're going to get 25 home runs out of Charlie Blackman. You'd say, yeah, where, where do we sign up for that? So good for him.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been great to see this resurgence and, you know, he's been doing it up and down the top of the lineup. We saw it on Wednesday night, you know, he's uh, batting lead off, you know, he's been batting second, third in that lineup. So he's been, he's been integral. He's he's might not be helping the team defensively like he would like, as you said, you know, he wants to be in, in right field and, and be on his feet and doing that thing. But I think he's, he's helped the team in in a major way as the DH there's consistent at bats at the top of the lineup. And I mean, he's a guy where too, depending on uh, the letter of the law, if Brian Snitger wants the the second best designated hitter in the national league, that would be, Charlie Blackman, like if, if you look at the numbers, you know he has been really solid. Um, you know you're, you're comparing him with you know Luke Voigt. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon has uh, been a DH a lot for Milwaukee this year. Nelson Cruz kind of uh, on a down year, but but Charlie's been uh, right there, 15 to 13. Harper to Blackman home runs, 48 RBI for Harper, 45 for Blackman. So he he's pot- he's putting up numbers and uh, and posting just about every day. So that's it's just been wonderful to see that from him.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the rules are. I wonder how they'll, now that it truly is a, a spot in the National League, how they'll look at that because most teams in baseball don't just have a Nelson Cruz where he's our DH. They they move it around. And and certain guys are gonna be the DH more than others. We understand that. But maybe it's how a CJ Crone, going back to that conversation, ends up on an all-star team. And he's, you know, he's a DH.
0: Have you ever heard the name Bly Madris? Should I have? Uh, no, not necessarily. I wanted to ask you a couple of weeks ago when he debuted with the pirates, it wasn't against the Rockies, but he went I've to
1: uh, O'Neill Cruz. So <laughs> that he went,
0: me points? Yeah, they, that's pretty good. He's, he's tall, right? He's that tall guy. He's the, if Aaron judge played shortstop, that's O'Neal Cruz. No, uh, Bly Mad- Madrid played at uh, Colorado Mesa University, so just just always out on the look for any of those Colorado okay. connections. Good deal, yeah. and
1: shame on me then for not recognizing that. So he got so he got called up.
0: Yeah, yeah, with uh, the Pirates, he's uh, a right fielder. Um, you know, he's uh, he's doing okay so far, batting 280, uh, He was able to hit his first home run, so uh, awesome. just one of That's those guys. Where's he from? He's from Las Vegas, so not a not a true Coloradan. Was he a tr Chris Hanks' Chris
1: Hanks's program's a great one? Did he transfer in or did, did Chris get him out of high school? Do you know?
0: Not sure. Not sure. Taken in the ninth round in twenty seventeen out of Colorado Mesa. So love seeing those guys. They have mash. Mesa mashes. They always
1: have they always have a lot of guys who can slug up and down that lineup.
0: Did Hayden McGreary go there? And I hope I have his name right because Yeah, McGreery McGreary was he had yeah. ridiculous stats. I was just Messing around on, on some site and it like sorted every college and minor league player by home runs. I'm like, all right, who's hit the most home runs in the last calendar year. I'm like, Holy smokes. This guy hits nothing but home runs. And sure enough. Yep. He's a Colorado Mesa guy.
1: Yeah. Up, up and down that lineup. I'm telling you
0: with Mesa, they hit home
1: runs, man. They hit bombs.
0: Yeah, that's that's impressive. That That's impressive to see that uh, MLB draft coming up. Any players you've uh, got any infatuations with that uh, you're hoping maybe falls to number 10 for the Rockies or, you know, could be somewhat of a sleeper that they, they use for their compensation pick? Anything like that? Guys that are just intriguing you overall?
1: I, I read a, a lot of the stuff, but uh, for me to say, boy, I really hope this guy, you know, falls to 10 or this guy's available when the Rockies have a supplemental pick, that would be disingenuous. I, I know names, um, on occasion I've seen, you know, some guys play, but to, to sit here and go, yeah, well, I've, I've evaluated for what that's worth, (laughs) this guy. And, and boy, I sure as heck hope he's there for the Rockies. No, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'll do like, most of us will do in the business you'll you'll read the synopsis you'll read some scattering reports and go yeah and they all sound intriguing <laughs> uh, you know at, at this point in time jackson holiday you're, you're going to pay attention to that because you know i remember him when he was a little guy and you know just saw him uh with his dad in miami that's neat that's a really cool story some of the other sons of are are nice stories you know Justin Boyd, who's a Colorado kid who started Oregon State. You know he's going to go. I would think in the first four or five rounds. You know, kind of keeping an eye on on him. There's some other Colorado kids that will get drafted at some point, and um, that that will kind of hold, uh, you know, intrigue for me. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yeah, that kid out of, um, you know, Santa Clara, who who may be there in the third round. For, I don't. I have no idea.
0: There's a there's a couple kids from Campbell University.
1: Campbell so- Campbell has a number South one. South Carolina, kid. yeah. Campbell has a. Campbell had a, I, I know going into the year, I believe had a shortstop that was supposed to go in the first round.
0: Yeah, they they're one of those strange schools that just randomly have two you know top fifty kind of prospects. You're right. It's it's so they're, hard, and, and we'll do it.
1: I was going to say they're a mid major, and, and yeah. a um, you know one of my. Closest friends, I'm the godfather of one of his kids. This uh, his son, Travis reef Snyder, who could go in the draft. He's transferring from James Madison as a grad transfer to the University of Virginia. But his teammate at JMU who got hurt a little bit this year could go in the top ten, fifteen picks as center fielder. So uh, remember, we always talk about this: if you can play, they'll find you, and and not every you know, first round pick goes to Arizona state or Arkansas or LSU. There, there are a lot of good players uh, from around the country.
0: We'll have some more draft coverage coming up next week. And one of the things worth discussing is that the MLB draft is, is totally different, even from the NHL draft, which will be going on, I believe Thursday night. It's going on tonight as we record this, but it's so much different than NFL and NBA where, you know, you're quite literally just trying to take the best player that's available or someone that fits your needs. And in baseball, you you don't know what you're going to need in four or five years' time. Just take the best player. And on top of that, it could be a, a numbers thing. You know, uh, there are players that might be deemed the sixth or seventh best player overall in the pool. And a team like the Orioles could say, well, you know what? We'll take you first overall because that's going to be valuable to you and your agent, your family. But we're going to give you a little bit less than, you know, what the signing bonus is here. And now we can take and use that money elsewhere in the draft and convince a high schooler to, you know, not go to Vanderbilt or something like that. So it's not necessarily taking the best players. So who's the 10th best player in the draft? Rockies may end up with uh, the sixth best player in the draft, kind of similar to 2020 when they got Zach Veen, who you know? Some of the mock drafts had him going second overall, ends up falling to the Rockies there at number nine. So it, you're right. It, and, and here's, it's hard to and, pick.
1: And here's what you you never know about any draft. However, you prioritize their order right now, whether it's Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, NBA. Seven years from now, six years from now, five, seven, eight, whatever longer time frame you want to pick. Then you draft again, and the order would be completely different. Um, there, there's so many great examples of this. You can go back and and, and look at where Mike Trout was drafted, for instance. And um, you see, you know, who who's fortunate, who get who gets, you know, not only does their homework, but also gets lucky. Um, you know, it's easy to condemn all, uh, you know, a team for not taking Mike Trout. Well, guess what? There was 23 of them that didn't take Mike Trout.
0: Well, All right, Drew. Not- All right, Drew. I'll give you your trivia question of the day. You, you, you should probably already know what the question is going to be. Randall this- drafted,
1: drafted, Yeah, that's, drafted, that's it. Drafted, of course, drafted right in front of Mike Trapp by the Angels.
0: There you go. Look at yeah. that. You feeling good? You, you got. You knew my question and the answer.
1: But what you do I get, get for that? That's to be the double bonus.
0: That is the double bonus. You, you'll get the first drink when we uh, open up the new DNVR 2.0. We'll uh, we'll take care of you on that. Got to take care of uh, the Drew Goodman podcast before we get out of here. Another great one. Um, You know, the thing that I love most about your podcast, for anyone who doesn't listen, I love how you let people in on your life, right, When when you talk about your family or recently your fandom for you know teams like the abs and and you even mentioned your appreciation for some tennis see some tennis going on in the background with the with your Wimbledon chatter on this episode that just dropped on Thursday that that's one of my favorite parts is just is even before the conversations which are always great but just you know what's going on in Drew's world this week where have you got your eyes on love that
1: yeah, I mean, I started out talking about Wimbledon this week because I was going to tape the podcast, Patrick, yesterday, and I'm watching the Doll match, um, you know, against Taylor uh, Swift, and I'm and I'm like, I can't take my eyes off this, and so it it, it dragged me for another at least hour and a half, it may have been two hours, um, and then the the unfortunate thing, I, I got some texts this morning from my um, from my. One of my boys who said that, um, and I subsequently saw it that that Nadal had to back out uh, because of an abdominal tear. I mean, I, if you're even if you're not a tennis fan, watch sometime because they make it look like ping pong. They're <laughs> phenomenal athletes, and they're battling for three and you know the four setter went, went over four hours, man, for over four hours. It's not like oh that ball was hit to Patrick. I don't have to do anything here. You're involved every second you know sprinting movement explosive movement for four plus hours and there's no one else out there it's you against the other guy i love it and um you know the the women's side actually for many years has been you know more captivating especially uh, from a u.s standpoint naturally headed up by serena Uh, but uh, but it's just it's great theater um, I was fortunate many, many years ago to go to Wimbledon. I used to go to the u s open growing up in new york um i love it i love it um and um anyhow so yeah thanks thanks for pointing that out, but you know that's anybody who's listening to you or listening to me, you're a sports fan yeah, yeah you're you're leaning toward baseball this time of year if you're if you're listening to the d n b o rockies podcast with you and and probably more people are are assuming i'm going to talk baseball but i have a love of of a lot of different um sports and and aspects of sports and we also get into the whole you know expansion of the big 10 with ucla and and usc and so um you know definitive opinions on that and how it'll affect university of colorado how it'll affect colorado state potentially
0: yeah, you may have to uh, ask Jake Bird and and Sean Bouchard if those guys are there. The UCLA boys, you know, what what their take is on that. I know you asked a lot of questions of Peter McNabb, uh your guest for the the past two weeks. Last week, this week, I mean, he's he's just amazing. Just just hearing him talk about hockey, even if even if you're maybe you weren't as invested in the Avs as you know a lot of other people were, you can still you know learn a lot about it, gain an appreciation, and then here's some you know funny stories you know, back in his playing days and his mom going to the old Boston garden. And that story just had me rolling. That was yeah. that story alone. Again, worth the price of admission.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Peter's great. I, I think Peter's a real treasure. I think anyone who's been here for a long time, uh, even the most casual hockey fan, uh, he's an impossible guy not to like, he's an impossible guy not to respect for, uh, you know, his knowledge, uh, his love of the game, his articulation of um, how the game is played, how it was played, how it's currently played, the stories, the respect. Uh, he, he's he's a gem. And, uh, and that's why we ended up going uh, well over an hour and broke it into two parts. We talk about the code in hockey, the toughness. We talk about uh, the handshake line. And as you said, he had he has. He always has great stories. But the one of his mom, when she when she went to the Boston Garden for the first time, um, which was like you know visiting San Quentin, I suppose. <laughs> I that's unfair. Hey, stuff. That's,
0: good that's, stuff. The, that's the passion. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. So there's good good back to back ones. So if you're not getting enough of the Jew Goodman podcast, as it were, hey, great companion piece to listen back to back and get a good hour and a half, hour forty five out of that, man. Appreciate you jumping on again today and try to stay cool out there in, in Arizona for this weekend. I am going to, um, I'm going to do like you, I'm going
1: to go for, for a, a, a run. It's not going to be a, a tremendous length, but we're going to, we're going to test a hundred and what, We got to see what it does. It show on, I'm, I'm looking at my screen. If it shows how hot it is outside. It
0: should be about one Oh three. I'm guessing. Is that what, oh, it's three. only one Oh three. That's nothing, <laughs> <then>, man. <laughs> That's nothing.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna look here. This let me look officially see how hot it is.
0: Drew, it's gonna uh, take you like forty minutes just to lather up with sunscreen, though. Like I don't know. if you I got, you've got I already.
1: Yeah, and I already put my sunscreen on. I'll, I'll be all right.
0: I've been going you. with the long sleeve tees lately. Well, on it's my it's, one, it's supposed to be 106 today. It's only 101 right now. Yeah, you're winning. It's five degrees cooler. You might it's be cold. cold. You might be cold out there. If I didn't go out, how soft would that be? Not to go out there now. All right. Yeah. Keep your, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, yeah. Make sure you, you tag Drew on Twitter at Drew Goodman 42. If you see him running around the Phoenix area, if, if you see anyone running around, it is probably going to be Drew Goodman. So uh, yeah. please make sure you, you tag bring, him there. Bring tag-
1: these. Run, run with the uh, water.
0: Gotta make sure you're doing that. Yeah. Throw, throw a couple in the, in the freezer for sure. Uh, tag yeah. us at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D Lyons, and also check out at the Susie Hunter. On Twitter, we've got all the wonderful Rocky stuff. We'll see you back at the ballpark next week, Goody. Looking forward to that with a series against the Padres
1: and and Pirates. Padres and Pirates. And bring my gift, my because I I won today. You
0: did. I I got to step up. The question
1: and the answer. That's
0: it. You got it. Yeah. You've got all the momentum in the world. But, hey, you know what they truly say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show.